0: Today on the Everything 80s podcast, what happened to Saturday morning cartoons? Hey there, what's happening? Welcome back to the Everything 80s podcast. I'm Jamie. Thanks for coming on out today. It was like a mini Christmas each week. Getting up every day for school was a struggle, but on Saturday, you were up at the crack of dawn. The institution of Saturday Morning Cartoons was a beloved staple in the lives of millions of children. But where did they go? And that's what we're going to look at here today. The issue of Saturday Morning Cartoons and how commercialism created and ended up killing this beloved morning ritual. So before we start, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. I should be there. Also, if you are a part of Patreon, I've just put up a new movie review on the Everything 80s Movie Club where I go down to the local video store, rent a movie on VHS and review it. This week we're looking at RoboCop. So check your feed there if you haven't already. And there's a lot of interesting things with Robocop. I hadn't revisited this movie in a long time. So it's interesting to look back on things about the themes of the movie, about uh, corporate takeovers and commercial interests, which are relevant to today's thing and even more relevant now than they were in 1987, a lot of information about the violence of the movie and how it almost got an x rating and how they had to change all that so that's on patreon and if you don't know what patreon is it's a way to support small shows like this uh with small monthly donations but you get different rewards depending on the different tiers you pick and one of those tiers includes the everything 80s movie club if you want to see more you can just go to patreon.com slash 80s so p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash eight. 0s or wherever you're listening to this on there should be a link that'll take you there okay let's get to it so depending on your age you may have noticed Saturday morning cartoons fade away or you just realized at some point they weren't there anymore you know they lasted for 30 years and then they just disappeared so here's my own it is my own little side story here before we get going. So again, it's the same thing. Like getting up for school for me was an absolute struggle. Just couldn't do it. But Saturday mornings, like I remember each night, Friday night, the anticipation of Saturday morning, not being able to sleep. Like it was Christmas Eve. It really was. It's like we had another little mini Christmas 52 times a year and Saturday mornings. I would be up at like six and for some reason, a rule was instituted in my house that we couldn't start watching till 7 a.m. But then after a while, we just started coming downstairs and getting on with it. So where I lived here in Canada, we probably had different, you know, we we're getting all the American networks like ABC, NBC, CBS, all that. But I don't know if our programming was any different based on what was um not that they hijacked the signal, but there were different different Canadian regulations and what would come through. But basically at six o'clock in black and white always was The Little Rascals. At 6.30 was The Lone Ranger. Again, the 1950s black and white one. And this was just a huge part of my own childhood. The Lone Ranger, like I made it a point to get up for this. Then the cartoons would start around seven. And I remember, I mean, this always changed year by year. I remember specifically the Smurfs being on at seven and then from there it would vary. And I'd say the prime time for the Saturday morning cartoons tunes was around eight to obviously 11, but around eight o'clock is when the big shows came on. And then you were just full on until like 11 or noon, depending when they cut off, which I'll get to something specific about that later on in the show. And our morning ritual on Saturdays was to eat toast with honey I don't know how that became a thing and you know by the time 11 or 12 rolled around your eyes were like burning and my mom was pretty much kicking us outside to get some fresh air. So the thing that's interesting here is there's a lot of pieces to this whole puzzle. We're going to look at things like Ronald Reagan and kid video and um, different commercial interest and deregulation and a whole bunch of stuff that all combines together so ultimately we're looking at something that was a perfect brand showcase to a dialed in audience so how could that ever stop working and this is going to look at also the early early commercialism and the birth of the Saturday morning cartoons themselves so again it's it's this sacred time it was this institution say roughly 8 a.m to noon depending on where you lived and what the networks were like and again for kids in the 80s it was a it was a shared experience it was one of the few shared experiences we had this was the way you could connect with each other as well as you know after school cartoons and stuff like that and You know, for a kid in the 80s, that was pretty much it. Video games, you know, they're starting to make their impact. That's going to become important. Getting more into the mid-80s, you know, 85, 86 and onwards. Atari as well, too, coming through. But not everyone had the same video games. You know, not everyone had access to, not everyone had video games. You know, slowly that would happen. But with cartoons, that was like your one sort of, connection between you and any other kid you know of course you couldn't text, tweet, engage online, whatever. But these were something you all got to experience at the exact same moment. So, you know, how did they become a thing? And this is looking back at just TV in general and commercialism itself, and they go hand in hand. And you could say that the point of television shows is to sell commercials, not to entertain us. Commercials on TV weren't a thing at first because no one knew how to navigate this new medium. And as TV started, it was, you know, advertisements were used on the radio and it was more just like descriptions of the product and things like that. And no one was sure at first if TV was a fad or not, but then they realized you could use it to sell products, but no one was really sure how you did it. The very first TV commercial was for Bulova watches and it was like a 12 or 16 second commercial. And all it did was show the watch that like to them, that was the only thing you could come up with. It was just, here it is. That's it. It would, you know, commercials would start to develop through the fifties and then the sixties to the point they started becoming art. And then there was market research and testing. And this is like, if you are remotely interested, I talk about this all the time, but if you're remotely interested in marketing and modern marketing and why we buy what we buy, you have to watch Mad Men if you haven't already, just to see like the sort of the psychology and, uh, when you know advertisers are doing their jobs well, you don't even realize it. And sort of that, you know, advertisers and marketers invented the idea of you know keeping up with the Joneses. And so, of course, commercials then would slowly develop into the much more influential and powerful things they became so now we're looking at tv advancing rapidly but for kids and cartoons there was one critical advancement that ushered in this whole age that of course was color tv so now cartoons start making their way into our home so before the 60s if you wanted to see a color cartoon you had to go to a movie theater you know everyone did but it's not something you would do regularly in 1960 the flintstones debuted so not only was this a cartoon and now in color it was a primetime tv show the flintstones would run until 1966 when the bugs bunny show first made its debut soon after you had other shows like the jetsons alvin and the chipmunks mighty mouse woody woodpecker they were all released to the world with this whole exciting new medium that you could have uh something you would normally see at a movie it's now in your living room it's amazing but there's another problem here many kids couldn't stay up until prime time to watch tv after these shows aired they decided that rerunning them would be the way to get them in front of younger viewers and what was the best time slot for this saturday mornings it's hard to narrow down a time on a weekday to show a cartoon because you know there are different time zones throughout the country and schools let kids out at various intervals so like for my school you know we would get home at around four o'clock and that's when things like GI Joe and Transformers and whatever would come on but there'd be the odd show and I talked about this before in the uh, the podcast gobot specifically when that came out I was super excited for it but it it debuted at 3 30 I didn't get home till four we didn't have a VCR most people didn't have a VCR when that when gobots first came out so when they first debuted with their like three episode miniseries I fake sick pretended I just couldn't get to school so I could stay home and watch it and somehow was able to be convincing enough to do it, which is finally admitting to the world. So, You know, after school cartoons are a big thing, but that's the problem. We've got the different time zones. It's not, you know, depending where you are, when they would start, all that sort of thing. But on Saturday mornings, you knew every kid was home with not much to do between 8 a.m. and noon. So moving cartoons to Saturday mornings would soon become a marketer's dream. And that's really what goes into Saturday morning cartoons completely as they are just uh, a marketing tool. And we'll expand on that in a sec. So now let's look at the new era of cartoons. So in the late 60s, Saturday morning cartoons were now becoming more of an established thing. But there were only a handful of shows and it was mainly used to air reruns of previously aired episodes, especially, you know, those primetime shows and whatnot. Different production companies thought they would shake things up by taking advantage of this new time slot, but now with original programming. This would be a way to target new shows and products that go along with it to kids and make more money for the networks. The Saturday morning time slot, which used to be a dead zone, was now a potential never ending goldmine for the networks. Cartoons were also the ideal way to produce TV as they were much more affordable than live action, action programming. Two important things ultimately led to the creation of Saturday morning cartoons. One, TVs were now in most homes. And two, children were now a specific target market for advertisers. So now this gets into the whole era of FTC regulations and deregulation and all that sort of thing. So going into the 1970s, the model for advertising to children was hitting its stride. Before that, it really wasn't considered a thing. Of course, there was advertising to children, but it wasn't seen as... um, you know, the most lucrative segment of the market. So, but now it's starting to grow and said going into the seventies, it's it's starting to pick it up, uh, pick up its pace and it's starting to become way more profitable. So toy companies, networks, animation companies could now use Saturday mornings for direct marketing, but children's watchdog groups were seeing how damaging this could be to kids. There had never been a time when kids had faced an onslaught of advertising like this. Research found that young children have trouble differentiating between content and commercials. And I've done, I'll get more into this in a sec, but I've done entire episodes just on this whole idea of uh, kids and advertising to children and how they, you know, kids, especially at a certain age, don't know they're watching a commercial or a cartoon. As they get older, they can differentiate it a bit, but they don't necessarily know they're being marketed to and that's one of the big reasons of you of using cartoons specifically in commercials because kids feel like it's one and the same and this is seen as taking advantage of um, kids and the way that they perceive what is content and what is commercial and all that sort of thing the other big problem was there was also an increased amount of violence being portrayed in cartoons so now like People are starting to say, what is this doing to the minds of kids? You know, for many generation, kids are just be um, seen, not heard. Uh, their considerations aren't acknowledged. It's, this is starting to happen a little more now. So the FTC put regulations in place that limited the number of commercials that could be shown to children and prevented any direct marketing to them. There would also have to be education-driven programming created. So that's why we got shows like Schoolhouse Rock, for example. All this change going into the 80s. And this is when there is an explosion of pop culture, specifically more toys, Cartoons, cereals, junk food, everything. And it's all because of Ronald Reagan. And this is something I've covered a ton on the show, but basically the 1980s as we know it, as far as all this stuff like pop culture, cartoons, toys, TVs, video games, it's all because of Ronald Reagan and the deregulation of all those restrictions because everyone was seeing how harmful this was that marketers can't take advantage. Um, So, you know, the reins were put in place and that was making these, you know, watch groups happy and everything. When Ronald Reagan became president, one of the first things he did was deregulated all the restrictions. He said, this is the era of letting the market determine what's going to be successful and not standing in the way of capitalism. Companies now had free reign to market to kids and they did so aggressively There was now, going into the 80s, there was a 300% increase in new licensed characters. And basically the 1980s became the wild west of advertising to children. Everything was out the window. Companies, um, networks, toy companies, everyone could do whatever they wanted and they went full on with it. The marketing model was perfected between animation studios and toy companies. And not surprisingly, this was the peak of Saturday morning cartoons cartoons as we knew them were now nothing but a 22 minute commercial. So the thing is how would this ever fade away? This perfect time where now we're getting cartoons of any property, anything that's hot is turned into a cartoon. Like, I've used this example again a lot, like say Rubik the Amazing Cube. The Rubik's Cube was the number one selling toy of the entire 80s by far. It sold over 350 million units, I think. They turned it into a cartoon show. Rubik the Amazing Cube. It's brutal, but it, it's hilarious. The Pac-Man cartoon, all video games were now getting their own version of a cartoon. You had like Dungeons and Dragons, Strawberry Shortcake, a- a- anything they could create with a remote backstory. Uh, you know, e- e- as creative or uncreative as a lot of them were, they, no one cared. They just threw everything at the wall and wanted to see what would stick. So again, it seems how could this ever possibly fade away? It's perfect. So it did fade away and it didn't depending on your perspective. A lot of the brands. Now we look back or looking now the brands that are driving Hollywood and entertainment today have their roots in the eighties and Saturday morning cartoons. But for the actual cartoons on Saturday morning, things did start to fade. Eventually new rules had to be put in place regarding advertising to children. Different shows, say G.I. Joe, for example, would move to after-school time slots where there were fewer regulations. That's one of the reasons you see that time period really start to ramp up. The Saturday morning audience was also getting older and starting to watch TV at different times. And then you add to this the booming home video game market Uh, And, you know, as Nintendo becomes more popular in 85, 86 uh, and Sega Genesis as well, it's not really established until, say, 87-ish, late 86, that's when more kids and homes had them. Basically, now there's more things vying for kids' attention. And television in general is having trouble keeping the viewers it once had. And Saturday mornings would feel this the worst. I remember this specifically where we would race home to watch G.I. Joe and Transformers. Eventually, we were racing home to play Nintendo. So now cartoons are struggling a little bit. And now more restrictions come into place. Uh, Again, I I recommend going back, if you can go back into the earlier episodes and listen about the episodes on advertising to children and all that sort of thing. Again, like... You'd think where were the watch groups while all this was going on, while Reagan was just letting everything run rampant. They're trying to come in, like they're trying to stop this and they put together a whole new proposal and bill that they like, we've got to stop this thing. We've got to limit what our children are being exposed to and everything like that. And one of, um, so when this bill went through, it voted something like 80% in favor in the house unanimously unanimously and the Senate and one of Reagan's very last acts as president was to veto it. So it was just kind of like, screw the kids, let them do whatever. So, but when he leaves now, some more things are taking place and we've got the children's television act of 1990. And now they can finally put restrictions in place. And this started to change the landscape of Saturday mornings. So, I'm just looking here at my notes. So that uh, the bill to protect the kids passed 328 to 78 uh, voters in the House, then unanimously in the, unanimously in the Senate. So pretty crazy. But now in the 90s, more educational programming was required. That was one of the big demands of the FTC. And if you can remember, and I'll happily say it, kids tend to take a hard pass on educational programming. Maybe you liked it. I didn't give a crap. By 1995, the FCC demanded that networks air three hours of educational kids programming per week, along with all the other restrictions on cartoons and marketing. So now the networks are just getting fed up. By 1997, there were so many requirements in place regarding children's programming that many networks just said, "Screw it! This is not worth it. It's too expensive. We can't make. We're not making the money we once did. Our hands are tied here. That sort of cash cow ship has sailed." There were a few other changes also that led to the downfall of Saturday morning c- cartoons. And one of the big one would be uh, cable TV. So with the advancement of cable TV, non-educational kid shows were now available at all times during the day. There was no longer any point having to wait until Saturday mornings. You know, cable wasn't even really a thing in the early 80s or no one could afford it or whatever. And as it slowly grew, more people had it. It was more common to have in homes. And now cartoons are on all the time. It wasn't just this one little time slot. Basically, with cable TV, we could now consume content all week. Plus, the few cartoons that were still airing on Saturday mornings, not every um, company and network gave up on this because, like I said, it was such a lucrative time slot. Even with all the restrictions that they had to create this educational programming that kids basically turned away from the 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 non-educational stuff still had all these restrictions requirements so they couldn't advertise this the stuff as much as they would whereas like you know a gi joe cartoon would then have a commercial for gi joe and in, in between it and that was you know that was a whole mess so th- they couldn't do that sort of thing anymore even though with all those restrictions in place some of the networks still tried to keep this going but what they were coming up with just could not compete or hold up against their predecessors or those earlier shows that we all love. They just They couldn't hold a candle to the original early days of Saturday morning cartoons. The other thing is animation had now become more expensive and it took longer and there was more delays and stuff like that. Also live action programming is cheaper than it had ever been. And it would be taken over with shows by say like say by the bell. And as the, younger Saturday morning cartoon audience grew up they now wanted to see you know more teenage or tween related content like saved by the bell and this is an interesting side note here on another thing that was kind of important during this time where there was a transition from the morning to the afternoon and that was kid video and i've done a whole episode on kid video before if you don't know this uh You can check out the blog I have all about this if you go to everything80spodcast.com slash kidvideo, K-I-D-D hyphen video. Or again, in the show notes, I'll put a link to it because there's some pretty cool stuff with that. So if you've never heard of this before, Kid Video was a live action cartoon series that aired on Saturday mornings. And it was about this kid video and his band that were transported to the flip side and all that sort of thing. It aired on NBC Uh, from 84 to 85 before it was picked up for syndication by CBS so the thing with this again if you don't remember or if you do this is the weirdest trippiest show but it was a combination of like I said live action and cartoons the intro was a full live action sort of thing and then they transition into this cartoon world and you might recognize uh, the one guy with the glasses who plays in the band's named Robbie Rist. He was called Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch, also the voice of Michelangelo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. So with this, this is when MTV was like hitting its stride. But MTV wasn't for kids. And the idea with kid video was to create, you know, mtv for kids and but they still wanted to have a cartoon form but they wanted this sort of live action concept to it so the show would be cartoon and it would be interspliced with these live performances by the band so the the actors were real musicians who could actually perform and act and they also did the voice of the cartoon so they were doing like triple duty here and the end of the show would always end with a live action video so the idea with a show like this was it was used to bridge the gap between the Saturday morning cartoons and the transition into live action TV shows. It was like it had its foot in both worlds. And so it served a purpose to make advertisers happy as well too because now they could start advertising a little more um, older age products or whatever to kids who are like you know 13 14 whatever 15 and stuff like that and so it was just used as a sort of placeholder that it's like okay Saturday morning cartoons are done we're now moving to live action stuff and that would eventually become things like Say by the Bell and then that would eventually take over all of Saturday morning so it's almost done. It's all going the live action way. They're, they're still hanging on with these few cartoons and whatnot. And something I totally forgot until I was looking back into all of this. Do you remember the Saturday morning preview specials? They aired on usually like a Friday night going into the new fall season. And I I can't believe this is something I never thought of again till now these shows were mind blowing because it was the ultimate where they would just show little clips, like little trailers of all the new cartoons that were coming out. And I remember being so hyped for these and as looking back and this is related to this all too. And this is really interesting because I didn't realize these Saturday morning preview specials. If you remember them, they go back all the way to 1969 and every network did one. I only remember specifically for some reason watching them on ABC Uh, maybe NBC, but whatever, all the So ABC did it, CBS did it, NBC did it. Like I said, from 19... uh, 69 onwards, they all went, all these companies went until 1979 with the preview special. And then they all took a few years off because like I said, cartoons were changing and there was more regulations. And then if you look at the order of the shows, they start back on in 1982. So where the deregulation has finally kicked in and now all these new cartoons and everything are coming up and they realize these launch shows are great. And some of these are amazing looking back, like, you know, Dick Clark would host them. That's the ones I remember specifically. And as looking at so many of these different episodes that I don't remember at all. Like some that featured like Henry Winkler. There was one Weird Al Yankovic hosted, Tony Danza. Um, as it got later into the 80s and the early 90s, now they started bringing in the live action people. So like the cast of Perfect Strangers or Family Matters or Step by Step or Hanging with Mr. Cooper. They were all, you know, trying to you know, launch this new season coming in in Saturday mornings, like CBS did ones with Scott Baio. Um, if you, if you YouTube Saturday morning preview special, the first, well, for me that came up, the very first one was the one I remember specifically. It's this one with Scott Baio and the Dukes of hazard. I remember this so well. And I remember like being able to stay up for this and planning the week around this launch show and everything. And it was amazing um nbc did ones with like the osmonds they, they'd they bring in bands like the bay city rollers they, they have like joe namath and stuff they did um spider-man they would do uh, they did uh, alf would do one the cast is stay by the belt these are amazing looking back on these things but again these were related to and with the fcc issues so as the changes in direction happened for Saturday mornings. And again, in the light of the FCC rules requiring programming to be educational or informational, um, especially on CBS, that they were connected with Disney and it's so crazy how deep this goes. So, this caused those companies to market their all children networks like Nickelodeon and the Disney channel. And they were trying to get people away specifically from Saturday mornings. And some of the other networks weren't able to do that because they didn't have side channels. And now this started causing with the regulations, the big viewership declines and, you know, everyone's moving the cable and then the different uh, children's shows are just not what they used to be every you know, Fox is now in the mix and everything like that. and and then eventually these Saturday morning preview specials also faded away too. But man, those things were good. I can't believe I forgot all about them. I watched a bunch of them on YouTube just to remember how great they were. So let's start wrapping it up here. So you know, what killed Saturday morning cartoons? Was it cable TV? Was it government regulations? Was it video games? Was it home video? Honestly, it was probably a combination of all of these things. Ultimately, there was no way Saturday morning cartoons could have lasted. And it's amazing, really, that they held on as long as they did. They really ran the whole length of the entire decade. But if they had somehow lasted to today... The development of, again, on-demand content available 24-7 would have killed them off pretty quick. But I just think it's an interesting look back on this beloved institution that, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, most things has its roots in commerce and enterprise. So I'll finish it off there. Hopefully you found this interesting. I I did looking back. Uh, But thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. I should be there. And I'll be back soon with a brand new episode. Don't you dare miss it.